Enough with embrace debate. Pointless yelling at each other on ESPN and Fox. Yet very little actual content. It's time for a change. A voice from the fan. For the fan. The most compelling topics in sports. All covered here. This is Corbett's Corner. All right, welcome in. This is the Wednesday edition of Corbett's Corner before we get you out of here for uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas, and we'll be back uh, the next week. And then, of course, we've got New Year's coming up, and we're all excited to get to 2021. All right, well, Matthew Cruising with me. I'm Dylan Corbin, and just fresh reaction right off the bat. Uh, John Rothstein was all over this. You know, the college basketball's hungriest insider uh, said it was a trap game. And, damn, Bradley nearly pulled it out. Mizzou uh, comes out on top late, but Bradley covers uh, another kind of disrespectful spread uh, as Bradley was a double-digit dog. Yeah, uh, real tough uh, loss, really, just because they should have won. I mean, yeah, you you love the fact they only lost by a point as an 11-point dog, but and they were shorthanded, too. Came out just before the game. Terry Nolan Jr. had an emergency appendectomy over the weekend, so he's out for a couple weeks, but they responded. A couple uh, younger guys really stepped up, Jason Kent specifically. He had uh, 11 points on the season coming in. He had 11 points tonight. Overall, though, in the end, free throws cost them, uh, and that's what made the difference. What I will say, though, it was really encouraging. Kawanzo Martin and Mizzou are, is known for, like, hard-nosed basketball, rebounding, playing tough defense, and Bradley went in there and just beat them at their own game. I know they yeah. didn't beat them in the game, but they were beating them at their own game the whole time. I said, I think on the podcast last week, Bradley will out-rebound power five teams. Like, they have the ability to do that. They did that tonight. That's why they were leading most of the way, and they were absolutely locked in on defense. That's what Wardle's known for. So, tough loss overall, but it puts them in a really good spot going into conference play in this weekend. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. You said it, low-scoring game. Defense kept it in, uh, kept them in the game, damn near won it for them. Um, but the Valley looks pretty talented this year. Uh, who scares you? It's another win. It's another cover for the Drake Bulldogs um Loyola I think is still a team that could do some damage um what, SIU, what, yeah. SIU beat, beat Butler outright last night I'll start with who doesn't scare me and that's Northern Iowa yep the elephant in the room AJ Green their best player one of the best players in the country especially from the mid-major level is out for the year he had season-ending hip surgery but even with him the first couple games they're 0-4 0-4 against the spread just have not looked good period they don't. SIU has been really impressive. I did. I like them coming in. My one thing with them is they don't have much size. Hasn't mattered though. Marcus Domask, Lance Jones have been playing really well. They're shooting in exceptionally well, exceptionally well level. Speaking of shooting well, Drake, that's what they do. They're, I believe, top 10 in the country in uh, field goal percentage, and they're just blowing teams out left and right. Haven't really played anybody yet, but um they're gonna be good Bradley we know is gonna be at the top Loyola I think yeah that might be your top four right there with Mizzou or with Northern Iowa dipping out Indiana State will be right there in it I mean no one's an easy um you have Evansville at the bottom and ISU at the bottom but other than that all 10 teams are competitive I think Bradley does have an and I haven't seen a ton of everybody yet but Missouri Valley is playing back-to-backs a lot of conferences will be I think that plays well to Bradley's depth 
Uh, they can go 10 or 11 deep if they need to. So I think uh, as we get into the grunt of January, February, tough basketball, we'll see uh, some depth uh, be a factor for anyone. And COVID's made this tough early going, but I, I think we've kind of got the top teams that we thought going in um, kind of right there, right? Gonzaga, Baylor still undefeated, um, Kansas, Iowa, Villanova all up in there. Um, so, I mean, it's a pretty deep field, and we're excited to get March Madness, right? How are your thoughts on Illinois as they've tagged a couple losses here? Again, they're playing a really hard schedule, and they've got some great wins too, but sliding down here to the lower teens in the current top 25. Yeah, it's like you said, a lot of it's kind of been as we expected. I, Gonzaga and Baylor are in a tier of their own. It's, you know, win the national championship or bust. I think right below them, you have Kansas, you have Iowa, you have Villanova. I think you have Houston. I think you have Tennessee, yeah. West Virginia. But that's where I probably stop right there, those like top nine teams. And that's disappointing because I had – I mean, we thought Illinois would be in that next tier. Right now, they, they're probably in like that tier four, like more in that 15 to 20 range. They're just not playing well. Look, they gave up 81 points to Mizzou. Bradley just held them to 54. Um, they gave up another 90 points to the Rutgers team, who, while I really like that Rutgers team, very good, they play six guys, and they're not known for scoring. Like, I mean, that's just not their style. So they need to figure it out defensively first and for foremost. They know what they have with Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn, one of the best dynamic duos in the entire country. The Illinois ceiling is dependent on their two freshmen, Andre Carbello and Adam Miller. If those two play at a high level, which they've done before, i.e. the Duke game, Curbelo played great, Miller played well. Um, but then if they don't show up like the Baylor game or like this Rutgers game, they're going to really struggle. Um, that's kind of been the tale of their season so far. When those two are playing well, uh, they've won those five games and they don't. They've lost three times. Like you said, Big Ten is a – absolute bear though I think they're 17 in the top 25 right now that's another conference I think you have 14 teams the big 14 um but all but two or three of them are going to be competitive and can beat anyone on any night yeah no kidding and Mizzou I think it's definitely a surprise team uh they win but did not cover but still uh being able to stay on blemishes yeah, no. no small task um, what do you have for college football? Again, the big games coming up. It's it, bowl games getting canceled left and right, but some teams are playing. Um, I'm not really watching, but of course, I'm kind of uh, trying to make some plays on them. Uh, but what definitely what jumped out was the astronomical line for Notre Dame against Bama. Now we'll have a more in-depth preview as we get closer to this. It's uh, New Year's Day, of course, um, but 19 and a half, and then kind of initial thoughts. Uh, I don't. I would say Clemson here. I think there's too much respect for Ohio State, and I think there's a little bit of lack of respect for Notre Dame. But Bama's that good, you know. Here's what I'll say about Notre Dame. Okay, my deepest fear kind of happened and played out in the Clemson game. I knew we know this Notre Dame team, this program. They constantly, pretty often, don't show up in the big games. They don't keep up with the Clemson and the Bamas. All these people saying they didn't deserve to get in. It should have been someone else, blah, blah, Who else? It wouldn't matter. Texas A&M already – you guys keep talking. We don't want to see a Clemson-Notre Dame trilogy. Well, we're not unless Notre Dame truly earns it by beating Bama. Who wanted to see Texas A&M and Bama again? You again, think right. 
Oklahoma would have been a bigger dog than Notre Dame would. So would Coastal Carolina. So would Cincinnati. It doesn't matter. It's a two-team playoff. All the more reason to make it eight teams. Give us some excitement. Let us get excited over a 4-5 matchup, a 3-6, and a 2-7 where teams actually have a chance. We know what's going to happen. Clemson, Bama. Here's uh, – so yeah, and I mean, in Notre Dame's resume, no one has a better win or on the season than them beating Clemson with or without Trevor Lawrence. With or and it turned out the defensive players were a huge factor. That's why Notre Dame won the first game against Clemson. Clemson didn't have three starters, and they were all there this past week. But it just, enough with the Notre Dame doesn't deserve it. No one does. It's a two-team playoff. I think Clemson's going to beat the piss out of Ohio State. Yeah, typically like Ohio State last year, their offense looks so much better. And I mean, there's reasons why they've played six fucking games. I get it, but they don't look good. Um, someone said, I, I think North, Northwestern's defense is legit. Give me a fucking break. Um, you think Northwestern's defense is legit? Clemson's defense is legit when they're healthy, which they are right now. I think they run, and Clemson's going to score at will against Ohio State. They were able to do against Notre Dame, who I promise you has a better defense than Ohio State. Uh, yeah, Clemson is going to win big time, as Bama likely will, too. Yeah, I think we're destined for Clemson-Bama. Um, and, I mean, hey, that might be a great game. And I'm with you. <clears throat> I think those four were the clear-cut four. I, I'm with you as well that I would have wished to see maybe a Coastal Carolina, BYU. This was the year to expand it. Why not just do games and slap a Cheez-It Bowl sponsorship on it and say, hey, it's the playoff, though. Um, yeah, again, it's it's just college football. The rich get richer. And uh, – there are just two top teams every single year, and we like to think there's hopefully four. But I'm hoping for good games. Notre Dame obviously has history against Alabama. Mac Jones, I mean, this. how about Alabama finally with quarterbacks? Tua, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones. Um, so it's going to be incredible. Ian Book is last game, right? So can he go out? Um, his legacy is not going to get stained in any way, right? He's going to go out no matter what, even if it's a blowout because it's against Bama. No, I mean, his legacy can't be stained because he's not doing – what he's doing is just what every quarterback before him in the last 20 years, specifically in Brady Quinn, have done. I mean, they didn't win the big games either. Yeah. It's uh, it's Joe Montana. It's Brady Quinn. It's Ian Book statistically. Maybe a little Tony Rice. He was the only one who could win championship. Um yeah, man, they just did not look good against Clemson. And it wasn't the O-line. Like, Clemson was all over book. They had a ton of sacks. He was running for his life. That's because the receivers were not getting open. He had no one to throw to. I mean, they were giving him a little bit of time, and then pocket collapsed. No, you just um, – <laughs> you just hope they don't get their ass for all the water because then, I mean, we're on the path where the group of five is going to split it from the power five in the BCS – Frankly, the Power Five probably wants the group of five to leave and do their own thing. It doesn't affect them if they leave. It right. just means more. Now we get a, why didn't Georgia, why didn't Florida, why didn't A&M, you know. So we're inevitably on that path. I guess my hope would just be that we keep Notre Dame in the Power Five and that they earn staying there rather than go join the Power or the group of five because you mm. don't belong over here. So, yeah, we'll see. Just don't get blown out. Yeah, that's the prayer. Um, again, we'll have more in-depth coming up. These are the New Year's uh, Bulls. I want to stick with football here because we'll likely uh, <clears throat> not talk to you, take Christmas Eve and Christmas off, and then uh, come back on a Monday and dissect – well, of course, have Cor- Corvettes, of course. we got to cash always, but uh, right. dissect the new NFL headlines. I'm looking like, what are we – 
what could be clinched here? The Bears still with an outside chance looking in. They're going to Jacksonville. The Vikings pissed the bed at home. Their season's basically over. My Falcons are just going to get blown out by the Chiefs. It's just I, I've been such a it's been such a dull season for me. Um, but what are we looking forward to this week? And we got games well, on Christmas too, and Friday's Saturday. It's going to be awesome. So here's the Bears. How here's how they make the playoffs. They win one game, which you sure expect them to be Jacksonville. Seven and a half, their favorite. Right. They could get in with just one win if Arizona loses twice and Minnesota loses once. Minnesota's going to lose to the Saints this week. They'll be qualified. So, assuming the Bears win this week, and then if Arizona also loses this week to San Fran, possible, um, then the Bears could lose to Green Bay week 17. And if the yeah. Arizona loses again uh, to the Rams, also possible. Bears would get in at 8-8. Eight and eight. I guess they have the tiebreaker over them. So, obviously, and then if they go 9-7, and seven, Probably not going to be the Packers. Um, trying to think, would the Packers sit people? No, they'll be playing for the number one seed, so they will not be sitting anybody. Um, they'll definitely be trying to get that by. So they're likely 8-8, eight and eight, and that likely doesn't get it done. Oh, well, it would push my season win total, so that will save me for you. Speaking of which, uh, I didn't even realize on Sunday I mentioned the Bills' future. That already cashed when they won on Saturday. Yeah. So I was like, oh, right. I think they'll win the uh, Dolphins lose. Anyway. Um, so yeah, outside looking in, I guess for the Bears, if anything, it's meaningful, meaningful football week 16, week 17. Yeah, they could have been higher up in the draft, six or seven spots. I, Turbisky's okay. just up the pick too, so it, it's fine. Um, yeah, I guess we're looking at the Falcon or not the Falcons, the Saints and the Packers and Seahawks technically are trying to get that one seed. Packers in the driver's seat with the eleven three record. I think they play two bad teams. Oh, they play the oh, they play the Titans and the Bears. They could yeah. Uh, that'll be a good game. Packers and No, that's what I'm worried about because I like the Packers in the NFC, but the Seahawks, you know, there's an outside chance. Now that the Rams uh dropped that game, they're screwed for the division a little bit. Now they control their own destiny. This is a great spot because they play each other. So I hope the Rams show up. You know, this is a spot I, I keep saying this is a spot I love against the Saints every time. Um, this for the Vikings, but you know, when they when they are in the driver's seat, they always crap the bed, and then somehow they just hang on by a thread and give these guys, like, just barely any hope and, like, we'll beat the Saints. Yeah, um, they, um, they definitely could beat the Saints. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. The Saints defense has been plus-plus, so they could give them problems. I guess this weekend I'll really be locked in to the NFC West because you have Rams, Seahawks playing, yeah. and then obviously Cardinals, San Fran. So, um, Seattle – Seattle would clinch the division with a win. Otherwise, who won the first time they played? The Rams did. Yeah. Then the Rams would be in the driver's seat. Same record and uh, (laughs) both wins over the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be locked in the NFC West. What do we got in the AFC? Anything? Uh, I mean, we talk about this a lot with, uh, I guess, college football. It's going to be Bama or Clemson, likely Bama. It's going to be Kansas City here. (laughs) There's just no doubt about it. I think it's going to be – I will say, it's going to be go competitive. Ahead, go like the Bills could probably do something because they've been to – they had experience last year. Josh Allen's kind of thrown around like a crazy man. He's a little more disciplined now. But, yeah, I, I literally took this the other day. I took Packers-Chiefs, which was basically chalk, plus 400 right. as a possible Super Bowl matchup. And then <clears throat> I can't take this as a bet, but I was thinking about – I think the Bills could get there. Um, Ravens making some noise, but they might be a team that has a great record and get left out of the playoffs. Dolphins also are in that slot. 
Um, AFC could be interesting, but again, it's just tiers, and the Chiefs are just above everyone else. The Chiefs really are above everyone else. I Buffalo, they have looked really good. They probably have the best defense out of most of those teams outside of Pitt. They're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. What I will say, though, is a team like Tennessee or even a team like Cleveland, but here's why. This, their style, the Kevin yeah. Stefanski type offense, Tennessee runs the same thing. Keep the ball away from Mahomes. Get a fluke play here. Get a fluke play there. Maybe it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fumbling. Maybe it's a tip pass turned into a pick. You just need one or two. And right now, the way both of those offenses are playing, I mean, Tannehill's playing at an elite level. Baker Mayfield is actually playing at an elite level. Yeah, they he is. It's a style that they could trip up Kansas City. Obviously, I don't expect it. If Buffalo tries to beat Kansas City at their own game, which they play the same – like they don't run very often, they don't run well – I just think if you're playing that style, you're going to end up getting outplayed by Mahomes end of the day. Yeah, definitely. Um, so are you alive at any fantasy leagues? I'm in the championship. I was in playoffs in two out of the six leagues, and I made it to the title game and just won. I was in two semis last week, Did not this past week, did not lose either. One of them I was done after Sunday. Fucking listen to this one. I had Tyler Boyd and a 17-point lead against James Conner. Benny Snell was a, still a free agent as of 3.30 in the afternoon. The son of a bitch picks him up. Boyd gets a fucking concussion early in the game, zero points, and Benny Snell sneaks out 18 to beat me by two. I'm livid, dude. Good it, Lord. Like, uh, come on. And that, But I, I that's not even the worst beat. I saw someone, he was down uh, like point. Uh, he was down like half a point. And he had Juju and Ebron, and he ended up losing because Juju got <laughs> negative. Oh, my God, yeah. It wasn't PPR or something, and Ebron didn't have a catch either. So, um, yeah, just crazy stuff happening because of fucking injuries yesterday. That's brutal. Uh, we'll get you out of here with this. Again, this is the Wednesday edition of Corbett's Corner. Matthew Ice, Matt Cruz, and I'm Dylan Corbett. Um, NBA started today. Chalk prevailed. I mean, KD showed up. Uh, Nets blew out the Warriors. Warriors are still not going to be good. Clay's uh, injured again. Um, I was just looking at tomorrow's slate. It's a full slate. How about this? The garbage bowl. Pistons, T-Wolves. Oh, come on. That's got to be Pistons. They're at home, minus four and a half at the Target Center. That's interesting. Another good game is Bucks-Celtics. But, yeah, the NBA is back. Um, Yeah, no, like you said, I – or you didn't say this. I'm not a huge NBA guy myself, but I do – I like paying attention to the draft and stuff like that, just new guys in the league. I think Killian Hayes might be one of the best rookies, if not rookie Mm -hmm. of the year. Um, so Detroit's got some, are you on the, are you out of Detroit since? Randy uh, I'm done. Yeah. I was just saying, I'm thinking <laughs> you, you turned into a little T wolves guy. I might have to hop on the bandwagon. Well, so right. Right. When I moved here four years ago was when they traded for Jimmy Butler that yeah. summer. And there was so much uh, momentum attention. They were actually good that year. They snuck in as the eight or the seven seed, but they would have been the four or the five if Butler wasn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's just taking an utter turn for the worst. I'll be yeah, – I pay attention here and there. You got the Rubio back in town. And <laughs> just yeah. all the, the the homecoming sob stories of this pathetic sports town have been all over the last couple of weeks. But then uh, you got Malik Beasley, who they gave a four-year $60 million extension to. Um, but the headlines you hear about him are what's going on with his court proceedings. He, uh, he, was arrested, he was arrested a couple of weeks ago with like a ton of drugs and uh on 
accusations of uh, violent threats, like a felony level. He pleaded guilty to something. He got other charges dismissed, and he's got to serve like 120 days, but they got it pushed back to the end of the season. Just um, And then as that was going on was when the Wolves gave him the extension. Like, we believe right. in you. <laughs> like, what a fucking time to do that. Um yeah, we'll see. I mean, they actually did a miraculous job somehow getting Wiggins this contract out of town last year. Mm-hmm. They have Carl Anthony Towns, who can't play defense, but uh, Russell. I mean, they're fun players. Cat yeah, and they, they'll be scoring. They'll score 150, but more times than not, they'll give up 160. So um, right. definitely play the overs on them. Yeah, no kidding. All right, that'll do it. Hope you guys have a happy holidays. Uh, we'll be cashing every single day on Corbett's. Brendan Duarte, he is on today too. Jackpot, we're up over 80 bucks. I'm itching. I'm itching to give that away. Uh, so make sure to follow Corbett's on Twitter. He's Matt Cruz and I'm Dylan Corbett. Take care.